Today is July 15th, Season 3, Episode 22, Decky B-Roll. How are we? Ooh, we're good, Andy Smackshack. Today is one of our favorite podcasts I think we've ever had. Chad Greenway, former Minnesota Vikings player and current owner of Grey Duck Vodka. You're going to love his story of going from small town in South Dakota, which I didn't know at the time of the interview, to then going to Iowa, to then playing in the NFL for 11 seasons. I thought it was 13. I did phenomenal research, as you guys can see. But anyways, phenomenal interview, man. It's awesome. I absolutely loved getting to know him and learning here, hearing his story and recognizing that he is one of us with an elite athleticism that we don't don't have, but his personality is equivalent to what we're trying to be every single day. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Absolutely. The kid, or not the kid, Chad lives with extreme humility and it's very transparent. Dude's an awesome guy. Enjoy. Hey, Deck. I got to be real with you. You got some of the worst apparel in the game out there. I would love to see you customize some shirts that just say, I have bad style. Mmm, decky bad style. Let's make those shirts. The shock value would be insane. However, uh, turnaround time and quality, it needs to be there. That's a great point. I mean, we could launch this tomorrow with our own goddamn sponsor. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Well, actually, I did because I wrote this ad, dude. But that's besides the point. And with that being said, be on the lookout for some decky bad style shirts and other custom apparel from the BP. But also, if you're like, man, I need to find someone to make great custom apparel for me, look no further. Hit us up at backpocket at visionarymfg.com. That's B-A-C-K-P-O-C-K-E-T at visionarymfg.com. be honest like i think we're far past the half-life of the whole room i don't know what's gonna happen because we've had this how many room people is have excellent had? though yeah it's really good for podcasts yeah mm-hmm. really good for podcasts. quiet in here like there's nothing else no other sounds nope and we've made it seem a little bigger i mean it could feel a lot smaller it's not huge by any means but i don't think you want to be big though correct no yeah, yeah. right i mean you want to feel intimate intimate yes. and, yeah. but also yeah. casual like we've had people sit horizontally oh really like it's like we're their therapist like therapy couch yes yeah, yeah. for the whole podcast i gotta be Vigilant. Like, oh, we've yeah. had people like sitting <laughs> front and center. Yeah. Our, our yeah. best podcasts are when like we tell the guests, like, hey, you know, you sit back. You don't have to like, and they're just up here the whole time and they just bring the energy. And we're like, all right, dude, like we'll sit back in our floral chairs and just talk. You know, it's like not a big deal. <laughs> How much of the furniture in this house was free? Mm, uh, the majority. God, yeah. Well played. Well played. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I mean, I just, you know, my kids get to that. I have an 11 year old, soon to be 12. So she's, you know, she'll be in college before you know it, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, Think about all these things we did when we were in college. Like, that's going to be my child that I took care of for all these years. Mm-hmm. He's going to be doing, picking up furniture on the side of the road and throwing it in the back of her trunk. Can't close the trunk, but taking it home. And then, like, sitting at that night. Reminds me of these floral chairs, man. These things are gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, oh. they had to be expensive at some point. Look at the the, the legs on them. Oh, yeah. Ornate. They, they're Great vintage. Work. Yes. You should, you should have the, uh, what's that show? The Antiques Roadshow come through. Just take a look. Yeah, see, see what another see what podcast opportunity right there. Hey, mm-hmm. that's freaking awesome, Chad. Because I think we got a deal on them. Yeah, we got a sweet deal on them, uh, and we're not going to go public on this podcast with how much we paid for them. But we had a listener who hit us up. We like posted on our Instagram, like, "Hey, we're looking for new chairs." Like, right. we're we uh, 
start of season three, so like back in January, Andrew and I took everything out of this room and then bought everything new, basically, um, to like redesign the whole thing. We're looking right. for two like nice captain's chairs and um one and of you the, found these and then we found these through <laughs> one of our listeners and she ended up being um a friend of mark's who's because mark is a chiropractic student okay. student and okay. she came on the podcast and she's training for the olympic uh trials she's a marathon runner and a chiropractic student. no way yeah and her where mom, you went to school northwestern gotcha yeah. and her mom was pissed her mom was so mad that she sold the chairs and she's like, no, mom. I need I, food. I, yeah, I need food. I'm like trying to be a minimalist. Like, yeah. I sold it to these two podcast guys. And now. Who? I've never now, heard of it. Yeah. yeah. And now this, now this mom listens to our podcast. Oh, sweet. That's, Pick that's up how a we get a listener. That's how you go. get a subscriber. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, Chad, today's a huge day for us. We have taglined. Um, it says saying of the month, but it's really saying of the year for 2019 for the Back Pocket Podcast. Dominate the sandbox, with the sandbox being the Twin Cities. Okay. And you are a local here living in Lake uh, or on Lake Minnetonka yep. in YZ. Yep. Um, I actually was part of the team that helped build your beach with Life's a Beach. Which oh. Is, which is pretty cool. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I worked for Josh Letty and all those Got guys. Got you. Yes. Um, so you've been to the crib. Been to the crib. Been to your backyard. Got you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've seen you with your shirt off. Yes, you have. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I looked. I don't know how you were you were sizing me up, but you're like. I, I think, my wife wasn't looking. I'm fine. Yeah, I think yeah. you, you were like uh, he can he can do enough for me in the backyard right now <laughs> with that body. Um, but thank you so much, Chad, for joining us. Uh, we're happy to have you. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, you know, some of the stuff I don't know what I'm getting myself into, and uh, I drive down here from from Wyzetta, as mentioned, and I'm coming to this kind of neighborhood off of Lindale, and I'm it's a little sketchy. For me, you know, I'm a suburb guy now. You know, yeah. I'm from the country. I don't like stuff. I don't like houses too close together, things like that. Um, but I walked into this place is gorgeous and immaculate, well kept. So well done. Thank you. You originally were like, yeah, it's kind of a frat house, but yeah. then we gave you the tour, <laughs> and you're like, all right, you guys are actually keeping it up nice. <laughs> I got to take a picture of those stairs, though. I mean, that's a four inch ledge for that stair. We do have trip and slip insurance just for that reason. <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, we have trip and slip insurance allegedly. just for that. And you, you met our insurance agent over here; like yeah. he's very dialed in. He obviously knows what he's doing. Yeah, Jack yeah. Burke understands insurance. <laughs> we actually had his boss. I on. think he understands how to insure places like this. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Not all insurance agents would want to walk in here and say, "Yeah, you know what? I want this." Yeah. So what was what was funny is we had his boss on, who actually knows you. Do you know Ross Heyman? Uh, yeah, I do actually. Yeah, yes, so he was on this podcast. I don't know probably two months ago or something yeah, in March. March. And he was like talking about these stairs, you know, they're violent. And he <laughs> said, he's like, do you guys need insurance? And we're like, no, no, we got it. We have insurance. <laughs> and so that's the best. No, no. I'm sure my umbrella covers that. Yeah, you know, exactly. Dude. I, you say the word deductible, right? I think that's pretty much all you need to say. Yeah. Um, but I really want to touch on, um, kind of your story from the start. So like, yeah. um, I know you're a hero in this state, but, I want for the people, the listeners who are tuning in today, the marketing interns, we call our listeners marketing interns yeah. <laughs> um, because they listen to our podcast right. and then they tell the people about it. But right. um, for the marketing interns, I want uh, to kind of unpack your story because you're from Iowa originally, right? From South Dakota. From South Dakota. Sorry. Yes. Went to Iowa. Yes. And then played for the Vikings for what, 13 years? 11. 11. There yeah, we go. Good so we're, not, we're not numbers majors. Yeah, look. I was going to say, not a finance major over here or no, an econ. Yeah. Look, from the very beginning since episode one, we have told our marketing interns we will never get the numbers right. Yeah. <laughs> we will never we're not do numbers that majors. <laughs> well, South Dakota's not a number. That's a state, and this is something you have to read <laughs> okay. online. We're also but, not English majors. But we'll go there. <laughs> <laughs> but we have an engineer, so that's great. Exactly. Well, yeah. I feel like you should be good at math. 
I, I was a math tutor for four years in college. That was my. But you're not a numbers guy, so that's cool. No, yeah. not a numbers guy. I'll do a couple integrals, but that's about it. But anyways, I want to start there, kind of okay. where your your kind of story, your background. Would love to just kind of unpack that right away. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, grew up in Mount Vernon, South Dakota. Uh, population, just picture this: three hundred sixty-eight people. Um, I grew up in a farm about six miles north and west of Mount Vernon. So you know, you picture a town that small. The nearest town was about 15 miles away. That was 15,000 people, and that's one of the bigger towns in the state of South Dakota. You know, only 800,000 people in the state. So, for me, grew up on a farm. We raised pigs, cows, corn, soybeans. Uh, my parents were from from Mount Vernon. My grandparents went to Mount Vernon. It's just you know everybody from Mount Vernon you're either related to, a cousin to, have dated, um, you know, friends with their brother, whatever it is. Um, graduated with 26 kids in my class. Wow. Um, Played nine man football. Oh, awesome! You played uh, nine man. I did. Yeah. Wow. So our know. roommate played at uh, Nicolette. Yeah. Uh, in nine man, and he was up for Minnesota Player of the Year because he was just dominating, dominating. kids in nine man. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I had a good career. To say that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you crushed. It, so, so, uh, yeah. So that was my my upbringing. So my upbringing was um, spent a lot of time outside, a lot of time on the farm, working, um, building fence, working the cows, moving pigs. Um, just a number of chores, you know, and growing up in a small town like that is, it's really, um, it's really ballsy to, can I swear on this? I oh yeah. yeah. Yes. So it's ballsy to, um, to dream about something like as big as playing the NFL or being mm-hmm. a doctor. Not that you can't do those things. I have actually have a cousin that is a doctor. She went to the same school as me, but it's just, you're such a small town, such a rural area. Uh, my nearest neighbor was about a mile away. Um, oh, so wow. I don't like the tight spaces for a reason. Um, and, and that was just how we came up. That was normal. Nine-man football was normal. Small towns was normal. Knowing everybody in your class, being related to half the people in your class was just, that was normal. And um, growing up in that environment is, you don't, I, I don't think you can have a better childhood than that, quite honestly. I mean, ride your bike anywhere. You know, for me, it was ride six miles into town for baseball practice in the summer. Um, crazy stuff like that, you know, gri- oh. live on gravel roads, dirt roads. I mean, were you riding uh, BMX bikes or where is it? No, more? okay, no, not BMX bikes. Um, didn't get into like any of the like, I'm not like a motorhead guy, not like a, a motocross guy, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Four wheelers, um, had a horse for a while, um, that kind of stuff, but yeah, so that was that was my upbringing. So, uh, played all sports basketball, football, baseball, ran track, um. And I basically decided to play football near the end of my high school career because I got one scholarship offer. So um, we won two state championships in football. I have I had two state records in track. I was running up for Mr. Basketball. Um, So all the sports I loved was relatively good at all of them, and uh, had a lot of Division two at the time Division two type offers. So like think of North Dakota State, North Dakota, South Dakota State, USD. Um, Ton of letters from like. You know Wyoming and all these other schools, but nobody mm-hmm. would like, commit. You know, nine man football probably not fast enough, not good enough. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, took how, a bit, took real a quick bit, though, how? Yeah. Because we all went through that. Like yeah. the recruiting process as yeah. an, as like an eighteen year old kid, you're trying to live out your senior year, and you have you're kind of just getting played by all these coaches for the most part, especially when you're in a situation like yourself where yeah. you're not the five star prospect yep. and have all the offers, and now you just get to choose where you want to go. Yeah, and the and hard part. The and the hard part was like you know I'm viewed just like everybody else right like i'm yeah. kind of in that there's that elite group like you mentioned five star four star even some three star recruits and there's mm-hmm. just everybody else at that time you know was, this was 2001 so like you're mm-hmm. talking the recruiting services were very it was very much like phone call based very not as much internet based stuff. sending cds yeah so, so, oh 
VHS. <laughs> Are Yo. you kidding me? CDs? What's that? <laughs> like at that time, like everybody's getting the CD players. Like we took this st- the the radio out of your car and put the CD player in the car. You know, like the okay. whole, that whole thing. Nice. Gotcha. Um, so we, yeah, we I mean, were fortunate it, with Huddle. That's how we got our car yeah. Take off. That was so yeah. easy. I mean, Huddle so easy. Like so, my daughter has Huddle now. as an eleven year old soccer player. I mean, they're on Huddle all the time, mm. right? Whether it's reviewing tape or wait, she's eleven and has Huddle already. Yeah. Oh yeah. Her, You're kidding. Her team's crazy. Um, but she's probably more talented than you guys already. So I bet yeah. that's fine. Yeah. I you know I actually <laughs> I would love to be like a eighth grade girl soccer coach. I feel like I could definitely do that. Oh. I have I have three younger sisters who all play soccer. Yeah, you just coach hustle really. If you're a hustle yeah. mm-hmm. hustle coach guy. Yep. Yeah, you just be a hype man, basically. Yeah. Are you a coach? I coach basketball. Okay. Yeah, that's a whole another story, but we'll definitely um, get into that. But uh, so yeah, so so that whole recruiting thing is tough, right? And yeah. for us coming from, or for me coming from a small town, it was even more challenging, you know, to do all these crazy things that I was doing. But for people to be like, eh, I don't think so. Like, doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Iowa, they basically had a kid back out of a scholarship. They were interested in me. Um, they came up and visited me at our school. They kind of saw how big I was, blah, 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 blah. Saw me run on the tape, you know, confused by only having nine players in the field instead of 11. And then they basically, I, I went down to a visit. Um, I went to Nebraska the week before. They basically said, it was Frank Solich. He's like, um, we'll have an opportunity for you to walk on. I was like, cool. Can't afford to come here. I'll probably just go to South Dakota State or whatever. Um, the next week I go to, to Iowa, and, and I'm literally walking in. They're about to play Northwestern, who was really good that year. Iowa was terrible. This has been fair. It's like third year, and I walk into the locker room right before the game. He's literally pulling his pants up, which he wears a jock strap under his pants, which I thought was super weird. Football guy. Yeah, football, football guy. guy. Yeah. For the game. Yeah. He's got to change that by now, right? I mean. <laughs> no. You know who else does it? Which is so weird that I know this, but Mark Teixeira also does that same thing, which is but he just describes wearing a jock strap as like. And he's an anchor. Awesome. And he's an anchor on I, ESPN. But he wears it like daily? He wears it daily. I, don't, I didn't wear them when I played. Ever. Ever, yeah. Ever. Yeah. So, so yeah, so he's pulling on his drawers, and I'm like an 18-year-old kid just like mortified, and he's just like, it looks like we're going to have an opportunity for you to have a scholarship to come to Iowa. Mm-hmm. And I kind of left like, did he just offer me a scholarship? I was like, I think that's what happened. And then like literally the coach says, you know what he just said, right? And I'm like, yeah, I think he just offered me a scholarship. And he's like, yeah, cool. So two months later, fast forward, I commit and um, become a Hawkeye, and that was really it. So, I mean, you know, to come from that background and have that, you know, that rural area and nine-man football the whole story is pretty cool and then basically for my whole career to be the only guy that was a nine-man type of player playing the nfl um for my 11 years was pretty sweet so that's incredible and that's like a perfect opportunity because i really want to know how it was being that type of person that came from nine-man football Mm -hmm. and you going through the like ranking up like leveling up throughout your career in each stage whether it was playing high school nine-man football and becoming the one of the better players on your team to if not the best player and then going to iowa and coming in as a nine-man football leveling up and becoming the best player and then the best player in the big 10 and then taking that to the vikings as well yeah it's like i think about a sports game right or any sort of video game where you like level up into like the next level or you have to earn your earn your way up for me it was just always about i was the underdog for so long and it's so much easier just in life whether it's being a podcast or being a football player is to be the underdog and just to be scrappy and hungry. And mm-hmm. so any environment I went into, I just had to be the hungriest. The guy that put my foot on the ground in the morning is I was going to hustle. It no matter what I was doing, I was going to hustle there. I was going to be the earliest. I was going to work the hardest. I was going to stay the longest. Um, and just find a way. Right. And at the, mm-hmm. you know, I walked on campus. I was like, I just, I just hope I can play here someday at Iowa. Hope I can earn the right to like be a special teams guy. Right. Or whatever. And just kind of fit in. 
and I walked on the campus. I was a quarterback, by the way, to walk on the campus as a quarterback. Wow. I didn't and know 200 pounds, you know, soaking wet, just a golden right arm, though. And um, <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know you're a football quarter mile. Yeah, at least. So then I, I walk into my first uh, – actually, I go through summer workouts. I was there for like a week and a half in the summer, training, running, blah, blah, blah. And I go – I get dropped off that fall for my first camp, and the, the defensive coordinator looks at my parents. He's like, we think he's going to play sooner than you think. And – you know, they didn't say he didn't say it to me. He said it to my parents, and my parents obviously told me. But it just fed the beast, right? I was just so hungry to want to prove myself. And there was a level of I was the only Division One football recruit out of the state of South Dakota that year. So there was like a level of fear, right, that comes with that. Of mm. the fear is like if you fail, everybody's going to know, mm-hmm. right? So when you put yourself out there to that degree, like hey, Chad Green went to Iowa. Oh, now he plays for South Dakota State, or now he plays for somewhere else because he couldn't hack it there or couldn't make it. So I think that level of fear sort of drove me and made the decision hard, but it drove me to just that chip on your shoulder. Everybody talks about that proverbial kind of that beast that sits with you, that drives you, um, was just so big. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went to Iowa. I just, I just hit the ground running, and, and before you know it, I so I, I switched. I played quarterback at Iowa for about eight minutes. Nice, had a nice little uh, eight minutes there. Got to um, show off the golden arna. Got to show it off, and they're like, you know what? Why don't you go over to the defensive drills for a little bit? And I was like, yeah, cool, coach, whatever. Like thinking, like, oh, I'm sure I'll be a quarterback later. They just want to see me over there. Mm-hmm. They obviously know I'm good at QB, so I'll come back like next period. Yeah, crush bracket. that. Yeah, sure, crush that quick. Just show them I can kind of do it all. And yeah. Then. <laughs> so never played quarterback again oh, after man. that. Moved to safety, um, which I was a safety in high school, so that made a lot of mm-hmm. sense. Okay. Um, redshirted I was I, I will honestly say I was completely out of my element just from a standpoint like a football standpoint physically I think I was fine it was just more of the transition from nine man to 11 and just the whole process was sort of like just and you guys have been there right even your first semester at, at St. Thomas in football it's like you go to training camp it's like all this stuff's happening it's so fast and you're trying to catch up and you're trying to like prove yourself and it was just that you know times 10 and, and you so I ended up redshirting best thing ever happened awesome. um I started lifting weights. I never lifted weights in high school, really. Just worked wow. on the farm. I was just, you know, just, really? just naturally had some strength. Yeah, the um, Herschel, the Herschel Walker. Kind yeah, of type Herschel thing. Walker, not that quite that sweet, but yeah. yeah but the same effect. motto. Of like yeah, doing I mean, if you want to go throw, if you yeah. go throw hay bales or like throw pigs around, like things that I did every day, like when you load 280 pound pigs, like you have a natural like strength of doing things. And yeah. you put it applied to the weight room. Um, actually, eat a ton of pizza and drink beer, then you gain 25 pounds. Yep. Um, so that was that was first semester. You were hungry. Pretty much. You were like physically I was literally hungry. hungry. Yeah. 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 And impressive. I ate. So then, you know, yeah, about about two, 220 pounds-ish, I, they moved me to the linebacker. Mm-hmm. And um, as I started training, hang clean and power clean, the whole thing, I just kept getting faster and faster and got bigger. And then um, my my spring ball my first year, um, my redshirt year, my first opportunity to prove myself, I, I started as a third-string guy, work up to taking first-team reps within that same spring. Wow. Um, First time playing linebacker really was that that spring ball, and then I, I basically um, spring game. I'm rotating in and out, tear my ACL. So oh. it was like this: you climb this mountain, right, and and you have all these. You're not really, I didn't really. I had a lot of things to prove to myself. Mm-hmm. So like it's what it's like that thing in your head where you are the process for you just seems harder than everybody else's because in your own head you you have such a hill to climb. So that grind just seems harder because you're doing it every day. And then mm-hmm. you get to that point, you make it to make it, but you are in a position where you can earn up some playing time and boom, setback. And was this your first major injury? Yeah, first major injury. Mm-hmm. So then I, I got that fixed, went through the summer, rehabbed, came back, actually ended up starting the game against Purdue my freshman year, like five months after surgery. It was wow. terrible. 
Um, it wasn't just, good. Just way too early. I okay. mean, it was oh, crazy. Okay, okay. Yeah. I played fine. It was just way, I just wasn't myself. Sure. You know, I was like everybody else, and I had built myself up to be better. Mm-hmm. So basically, we we won the, we went to the Orange Bowl that year, finished third in the country. Um, right. I started a few games, but mostly was a special teams guy my freshman year, and then um, that next spring, I beat out that same guy. He was going to be a senior. I was going to be a sophomore. Beat him out. Got the starting spot, and then you know it was all Big Ten, all American the junior year, yep. all American my senior year, and um, first start. Randomly enough, was against Miami of Ohio, and can you guess who this quarterback was? Ben Roethlisberger. Ben, Ro- yeah. ben Roethlisberger. So, started against Ben Roethlisberger, who they went eleven to one that year and mm-hmm. finished highly ranked. But we beat them handily the at our place on the opener, and that was my first start. And I can remember, I'll remember it forever. But my first start, I had like thirteen tackles and like you know played really well. And as football players, you can appreciate this. I get a, a late hit penalty, like end of first quarter, and they pull me out. I was playing really well. Things were going great. I get this late hit penalty, which was like one of those things where like I left my feet and at that time you could spear people and do all sorts of crazy stuff mm-hmm. you can't do now. <clears throat> and I left my feet and like whistle blew like right when I went to jump and then, you know, I hit the guy and then I get the penalty right in front of coach. So I was like, you know, get the fuck off the field, you know, the mm-hmm. sideline. And uh, so I sit for like a series or two and I'm like, crap, like I just missed my opportunity. The guy that I had beat out goes back in. Mm-hmm. and The senior. Well, then they end up pulling him out and putting me back in the second half. So then, like, after the game, you go to film study the next day, and it was like I, the, the coach wasn't in there yet, but, like, all his notes were there. And it was just, like, me and my other buddy, and it's just, like, Greenway. Or, no, it said um, Worthy, which was the other guy's name. Not as good as Greenway was all it said. Oh, <laughs> no way. Just stone cold. And I was like, yeah. all right, I'm cool. So then <laughs> so then, uh, so then, then we uh, – and then I just took off from there. And then, you know, nice. I just didn't look back essentially. And then uh, all Big Ten as a sophomore. Yeah, all Americans as a junior. Um, my wife, so for 13 years we just talked about, met her uh, my freshman year. And really? um, she ran track. She was a tech captain of the track team. What did she run? Uh, she started like 800s and miles, and she okay. ran that all the way through, but she ran up to 10K, so she ran cross-country as well. Gotcha. Um, really so your cool. kids are athletes, by the way. Yeah, they're they're good athletes. They are. They Very they just. Uh, I have all daughters, four daughters. Okay. Um, they're good athletes, but what kind of separates my kids is just how they think and how they approach awesome. stuff. So they're just like, they're they're nuts. Like they really are not. My wife is wicked competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my wife, both her siblings also were Division one athletes. So all three kids were Division one athletes. Damn. Um. So like my my girls come out and they just want to compete mm-hmm. and they just you know they. They have set goals like my my oldest is you know trying to make like four to five hundred shots a day, you know, in basketball just trying to improve for next year, and she just has that mentality. So I mean, no matter what she does, that's going to serve her well just in life at that 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 mentality. And that's but a, they love sports, yeah. So. They, and that's a great point. Like, and I wanted to ask this question of like how much of it was mental versus you being more physically gifted than others, and that's you're, you answered that question right yeah. there because. As a sophomore, you're looking at a guy that's a junior, going to be a senior, uh, uh, going to probably start, and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, he's probably got more. He's bigger than me. He's got more experience, but I need to just be sharper. I need to yeah. have the belief in myself to beat him out, yeah. and that's pretty damn cool. And I think I think for me, like, you have to have a certain level of physical ability, right? I mean, you guys know yeah. this from football. Like, there has to be a certain level you have to be. There's a minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to be honest, for a white guy, I could do some really crazy things athletically. Um, you know, I can just, yeah, I mean, just lucky genetic lottery, you know, I can't take credit for it, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, the strength shoes, we had like the platforms on the front, you know, mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. back in the day. So I wanted to be like able to dunk. So 
I bought those like super young. I jumped on the strength shoes so I could just hop like crazy. It was <laughs> awesome. Oh, nice. I don't know if it's a genetic early training combination of genetics and like the strength shoes, but I credit the strength shoes. Um, <laughs> and that, I don't give my parents any. Well, you want to? I mean, you want to tell us who it is so we can sponsor them? You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're even this around be, anymore. It's probably this would like, be good ad for them. You yeah, know? it would be. <laughs> um, and Thank you. Uh, so yeah, so they. Uh, so yeah, so so you have a level of ability, but so I had that, but I, th- I always found a way to like find the little edge, mm. you know, and and whether it be conditioning or the mental aspect of the game, um, and I always play, especially when I got to a, in the NFL specifically, is is you know I would really I would I would mess with dudes, especially new guys that would come in, like you know we're doing a conditioning session maybe bef- like the month before training camp, and we're running. We're going. We're like three quarters of the way through, and it's a it's a tough day. So I'll just act super tired, right? And I'll I'll win every sprint or try to win every sprint, and like come to the end and just be gassed, like breathing super hard. And then I see like the next guy start to do it too, and then like the next guy, and then the young guy does it, and then I stand up and be like, "You guys aren't gonna make it because I'm not tired at all." Like just to see like mentally, just to just to mess with people. Yeah. And I always thought I always thought like in my career, my advantage was always in the head. And mm. and not necessarily outsmarting people, but just my ability to be mentally tougher than everybody else. And when things get hard, like to be able to dig in and say, you know what, this is what I have to do when things get tough. And um, that always has served me well, nice. you know, in football for sure. Um, and because you know the NFL is a grind. I mean, college football is a grind, and you have to find that little advantage. You have to find that thing that's going to keep you going and ticking and moving ahead of somebody else. And and uh, and then the biggest thing, and that's why I brought my wife, was you got to find somebody to do it with. Because my wife was always the person, even in college, you know, I was complaining, and she was up Sunday morning after we us being out to like one. Yeah, running seven miles. Grinding. Yeah. Running to like other towns. Mm-hmm. They don't like, you know, it's like, you know, hey, we're going to run to, it's like 12 miles away. It's miserable. Did you ever so, run with her? No. <laughs> kidding. Just asking, dude. So. Maybe a date idea. So like, but but that, like, finding finding my wife as a young college athlete was mm-hmm. probably the most critical thing that happened because hmm, because yeah. you know we make we all make stupid mistakes and decisions and to have her by my side from that moment and then for to ha- also to have her be like my ride right with like ride or die like i was nobody at that point mm. she you know basically came up with me through this whole process um and then to have and be married my whole nfl career you don't have that that whole the pull of wanting to go do all these glitzy glamorous things you just want to be married and and that was cool so that was probably like if I could pick one advantage over anything, it's probably that. Um, but then the second part would just be that mental edge. Um, I just know I'm going to find a way to beat you, mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm just going to wait until you crack, and I'm going to fill that crack up and just bust it open. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and and what's cool is like people always ask like, oh, how do you build mental toughness? How do you do this? How do you do that? And it's like it's the constant cycle, the constant feedback of always day. challenging challenging yourself, yeah. and like building it like a muscle like you have to look at your mental game as like a muscle that mental fortitude is built up when you go on a run for 12 miles on a sunday yep when you it's like it's like building a habit right like say it's like 27 days or 21 days whatever it is to build an official habit it's like if you can just be more consistent every day than everybody else and Mm -hmm. showing up and giving that effort and all of a sudden like people just expect that and then that expectation, and you raise the bar again, and you raise the bar again, and you just keep your foot on the gas pedal. That's where I, th- especially at Iowa when I got there, and I was so motivated to, motivated to prove everybody wrong, it was about how much longer can I keep this pace up than you? Mm. Getting up, grinding through workouts, getting to class, 
getting to bed, making the right decisions, getting up and doing it again. And you could just literally see guys just falling away. Can't hang. You know, couldn't handle the, the school part. Couldn't handle the physical part. Um, just didn't have the talent, whatever it might be. And um, and that then it, then it just you push, push harder because then you see it. You see the results. You're like, shit, this is working. I'm just going to keep going. And then you build it over time, and this becomes who you are. Yep. And then um, so kind of just to continue that part of my story is is I, I – um, after my junior year, and I think the nice part about Iowa was I had such a like a small town mentality still about like didn't really know like all shucks didn't really know how good I tep- how really good I was. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously being all American, you know you're pretty good, but like how do you compare to the NFL players? A lot of NFL, a lot of college all Americans don't do anything in the NFL. And um, so I I uh, am watching the draft. Aaron Rodgers gets drafted that year, oh five, right? That that's that class. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching that draft. And I had a couple agents call me like previous to the draft, like, "Hey, you gonna come out? Blah 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 blah. You gonna leave early?" And that didn't even cross my mind. And they they announced the draft. Draft is over. They do like the top ten for next year, and I was ranked third. Mm. And I was like, that was the first time like I'd ever considered like that was always my dream. Was but this like, Mel Kuyper's board? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was Kuyper's board. So soup's <laughs> accurate. <you know>? Very, <laughs> good, very soup's accurate. Very yeah. So you're like, what? Yeah. Kuyper? But I was, but I was like, um, that was kind of the first like awakening, like. Whoa, and I can remember I go walk, I went into to workouts like the next day, and like like the whole staff they didn't treat me differently, but they were like we had a conversation about like hey like this is where you're at, mm-hmm. this is what they think of you, and um, you know it's a combination of the of being able to run, having a good film, playing well, but having good size NFL type size, and then um, yeah so then I go into my senior year, I uh, had a good year, and then obviously move into the draft the next year, and and uh, end up getting drafted seventeenth, third linebacker. You know, big motivator for me. 17th, thought was too low. Big motivator for me. Who are the two guys um, above? A.J. Hawk, Ernie Sims. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then um, I get drafted. Um, and the nice part about getting drafted was, A, it's a realization of all your dreams, and it's exciting. I'm back on the farm. All my buddies, college buddies, um, it was a great time. Um, get married like a month later. Um, come up here, have our first training camp. Same thing as being a freshman in college, like even probably worse. So the pressure now is just ratcheted up because I was the underdog, no expectations, can sneak up on people, you know, anything you do that's good, like, oh, we didn't expect that, great. Now it's like everything's flipped. Now it's like we expect you to be good. Like you have to show mm. up and be good. And that's a, a from a guy that came from sort of my background to be in that position of like expecting it um, was just different. Um, and it was, it was, it was a challenging in a different way. So your motivation really is the same. And I knew that I had to be that same guy every day that could count on. Uh, but you, but you weren't going to get away with like having a bad day. Cause when you have a bad day now, it's like, well, when he's not as good as we thought he was, right. we shouldn't be paying him that much money. Why we waste a first round pick on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a different kind of pressure. The questions coming from the media are different. You know, it's when you, when you think you can get on the field, what kind of impact can you make a rookie year? You know, in college, it was much more controlled and comfortable and easy. And um, go to training camp, and that's why I blew up my other ACL. Yep. Holy shit. So, so I, I first preseason game, uh, third play. Uh, so I had a, a defensive snap. I had a coverage on the guy. I had a, a punt snap. I actually made the tackle, and then a kickoff snap. I tried to be like they had their first round pick like as the R five on kickoff, just like the missile. Yep. And that was back when you could still do wedge, full wedge. Mm-hmm. And um, just I tried to, like, blow the wedge up like I was going to be super sweet, like such an idiot linebacker, like meat wagon, just terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and um, blew my knee out. Like I, I, I planted, boom, and just popped it, and oh. I knew I knew what it was um, before contact. Before contact, yeah. yep, Dang. non-contact, mm-hmm. just genetic. I have the slice. I mean, it just it was I was born with it basically. Yep. Mm. Um, yeah, so I do that, and it ends up being the greatest thing that happened to me. Honestly, I was able to give a red shirt year, be under no pressure. Um, oh yeah, that's a good point. So, so all the like everybody thought it was such a hard thing to come back from. The injury part was yeah, it's tough, but I'd been through that before. So like the mentality was like I knew I could come back from it. It was my my stronger leg this time. My, I'm like a left leg jumper. Everything was better off my left leg, and it was that knee. And uh, just from immediately, I knew it was going to be easier than my first one. When it when it initially happened, though, was did you look at it as like a blessing? Like, okay, I know this this fucking sucks. Like, yeah. I, I'm missing out on a lot of opportunities to yeah. grow, but I have a chance to look within and grow and watch all these other people and absorb what these. Pro- okay, so you had that mentality right away. Yeah, like okay. you get over like you sulk and you get over it and you're mm-hmm. mad, and then you, all of a sudden you realize like, wait a second, this is a chance. Mm, right yeah. and it's like and i and i would you know steve hutchinson probably be in the hall of fame someday he's a guard you know he was my locker mate um jim klein saucer uh ben lieber ej henderson um all these guys fred smoot you know who that is yeah do you guys get that joke no okay. i didn't <laughs> okay good i'll tell you about that in a second okay so but i had all these other guys not fred smoot to look at and be like i want to be a pro like him right and and watch tape and get to re- meetings early and, and i just learned and learn how to watch film and learn awesome. how to be a pro. Um, and that was such an advantage. So Fred Smoot, you don't know about Fred Smoot. You guys got to Google him. So okay. Can we, Mark, you know, can we Google Mark? 75% Mark? of the earth is covered by water and the rest is covered by Fred Smoot. You're kidding. The boat, the, mm. the Lake Minnetonka uh, Wait the boat oh. scandal. Oh, that's him. Yeah, he was he was in all that. Oh, yeah. okay. A, that's why it sounded familiar. Yeah, so he's a corner here with the Vikings when I came in. And oh. he was just a absolute character. Jake, you know, know him? Yeah. Yeah. Him. Yeah. yeah. Maniac. And you, so you, was he, how long were you teammates with him? Uh, two years. Okay. And then he got traded to Washington or released or whatever. Yeah. He got smoted out. He got smoted. He got so, smoted and booted. Yeah. So wait, so, okay, so real quick though, going off that, who was like the craziest teammate you've had in your 13 years? Uh, craziest. Um, Most unique, maybe, I don't know. Take it however you want. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I would say like craziest, like freakiest dude, like athletically, Adrian. Percy Harvin and Klein Saucer. Mm. People never think Jim, but Jim is like a monster. Um, Jared Allen, Jared Allen, okay. yeah, um, oh, easy. Mm. Jared Allen, like oh seven, oh eight, yeah, maniac. Jared Allen found a wife, oh nine, like lame, lame, lame. yeah. Um, great guy though, great teammate. Um, Jared's that guy though, that teammate that like, um, if you got like the fish story that's like the biggest fish ever caught in humanity he's caught a shark twice as big mm, of course he's yeah he's that guy right um love being his teammate though we you know that's the thing is you spend so much time with these guys you know we're playing we tennis we're playing all sorts of games in the locker room playing nerf basketball i mean you do so much stuff like that throughout the nfl season because you have so much downtime between meetings or whatever yeah um just get to know these guys at a different level uh i would say best teammate kevin williams remember kevin at all three technique great player you guys okay. gotta sleep in your vikings history i know we suck you well, don't know he's anything. a steelers fan and i'm a broncos fan okay well you should kevin williams potential hall of famer as well okay 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 i mean this is like inexcusable not to know these guys yeah, i'm yeah. sorry slacking sorry. well we, we tag ourselves as wildly average guys so yeah. i'm just gonna use that excuse right now and yeah yeah we're just average guys right now at remembering when it comes to, well, <laughs> no, when it just comes to like vikings football Knowledge. history like you're bringing you're up, from you should be bears fan you should be bears fans yeah, right? yeah you Mark, should be bears fans. i should you be. should be a broncos fan yeah, yeah you're good 
Yeah, so okay. why are you a Steelers fan then? My dad's family all grew up in Pittsburgh, and I'd spent my summers in Pittsburgh going to Pirates and Steelers okay. games. Yeah. All right. That's that's fair. I'll yeah. give you that. My dad was a Steelers fan. My dad grew up in South Dakota, like had no affiliation other than the 70s. The 70s, dominating. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like he would come to Vikings games like rocking a Steelers jacket. I'd be like, Dad, like... <laughs> But can you imagine, like, he had, like, this leather jacket that was Steelers, which is actually kind of cool because it's black and gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, a purple and gold one? Like, how just gnarly that would Oh, yeah. yeah. Vibrant. So, yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. So, yeah, that kind of takes me into my NFL career. And then, you know, and then um, uh, just ground through 11 years. Had a great career. It was awesome to be able to play in one spot. Mm-hmm. Um, close great, to home. Close to home, but a four-and-a-half-hour drive back to South Dakota. Yep. Close yeah. to my college days, I mean, in Iowa City. So, lucky for that. I mean, my parents could literally drive across for the weekend to watch the game. That's awesome. See the grandkids. I mean, that kind of stuff was one of those things when you get drafted in Minnesota. My wife was like, just anywhere south of Iowa, cause she, just for the weather. And, like, the 952 number hits. And she's like, where's that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know either. Like, and my buddy was like, Minnesota. I'm like, no. <laughs> but it ended up being great. I mean, just because it, it, we were so close to home. She's from Chicago, so it's easy drive, right. easy flight. So, do you think um, you ever go out of the Midwest? I don't think I'm. I think I have like a like a beacon. I can't like leave certain area of mm-hmm. the country. You know, I I actually threatened to move to Arizona, like with, to the point of like almost buying a house this this winter because I was so sick of snow and like sure. and you April. guys get it. Yeah, yeah. April, yeah, the April killed me. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. But I. I just don't know if I have the mentality to to move somewhere else. Yeah. Even Chicago's like um just a little too edgy for me. A little too much traffic. Mm-hmm. You're like on a back road, like, you know, out in I don't know where you wanna where you wanna be out in Shorewood, Illinois, and there's like traffic. It's like my lord. Yeah, how far do I gotta get out of here? There's too many people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um like driving down here. There is a lot of people, and I, we, I saw you park on the, on the street. I was like, ah. Yeah, am I going to be towed? No, you're good. There's no... Uh, we were going to give you our, our driving spot. Potentially. We can't, my car. we can't guarantee you the uh, the safety of your car, dude. But yeah, is that... That'll reach. I think that place. Uh, I hope so. I was going to ask if you want to park in the driveway, <laughs> but the driveway's super narrow, and like that's a whole other ball game. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, so that's kind of my story, right? So that's, you that's know, you awesome, asked man. the short question for, and I gave you a really, really long answer. Oh, the podcast is over, so sorry. No, I'm well, no, yeah, no, so we're done. Thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> no, but I, so what I just loved about, you know, how you kind of walk through everything is you, it, it became, it's, it's a cycle of this, like, you had to remain humble and got humbled multiple times. Yeah. And what's really cool is, like, you talked about fear and you talked about failure and, um, every time, like you didn't blink an eye when you failed, when you were in a fearful situation to not just to simply look at the positive thing to give yourself the next opportunity. Yeah. And that has carried you through, um, your first opportunity to football at Iowa, yeah. then getting drafted, then having an incredible 11 year career or 13, if you do the research, yeah. like me. <laughs> but like, that's Im- so impressive. And what's awesome is you've been able to take those life experiences and that whole thing. And now you're packaging it into like the business world. So you're 36 and you get into this gray duck thing. Yeah. I'm sure you had no idea like about anything on the vodka business side of things in the Midwest. (laughs) And I don't know. I still don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. (laughs) What? So like, but like to, to like to your point of what you said about my story is I'll say this is my story would not be the same if I had, didn't have a wife or a, you know, certain yeah, other people that, that when I came home and complained, like didn't just be like, yeah, you're right. She'd be like, mm. Hey, get your ass up and go take care of the kids or get your ass up and go do this. It's like, it was always never a, like, I, I could never sulk my way through my NFL career Yeah, because she was always there to like, keep things like 
this is reality. Right. So, and also kept me, kept me like humble and remained who I was and stayed true to who I was. Because if I started to veer off the path of like thinking I'm sweet, right. Cause I'm an NFL player. I'm all this. I'm, I'm a, have, you know, some sort of little bit of fame. She'd like snap you back into reality. Like, well, this is our life. Like, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. And that was so refreshing. And you know, I have number of people in my career that you look to and be like, they veered off that path. Like they think they're sweeter than they are. Cause really we're just a bunch of average dudes that, can do some stuff on the football field, right? And that's what we are. Yeah. And um, the more you can just be that, be yourself, and like be cool with that. Like I don't got to prove anybody like, who I am. That's beautiful. And I, that's that's my basically my story in like a in like a paragraph. Yeah. Um, and that's I think what, that's what you would. That's what Jake would send to other people. Yeah. Right. And, and Write I think, that up, Jake. And I think <laughs> and I think uh, and that parlays into what you asked because now like I've built this brand right from Iowa to here from South Dakota. Obviously, you talked about Grey Duck Vodka. Well, it doesn't matter what the product really is. Mm-hmm. In this case, we have an awesome vodka. It's made in Minnesota. It's got all these great things. But the reality is, is like the brand I was able to build through my career of just being who I was. Like Minnesotans love that because that's who they are, yep. right? That's who South Dakotans are. That's who Iowans are. If you go to any of those states, you're going to say, that, yeah, the people are great. People are nice. The people are authentic. And that's just, I just try to be authentic with who I am. Very imperfect. Very average. Um and and I think if you come across that way because you're just telling the truth, that people are like, you know what, I can get behind this dude, right? Mm-hmm. Like I believe what he's saying. Yeah. And um, so with Grey Duck, yeah, I mean this is a wild story. I mean, I never thought I'd be slinging booze like two years out of the league. Mm-hmm. You know, like how far have I fallen? And I don't want <laughs> I don't want to put words in, in your mouth, but like you were a thousand percent drinking like Kharkov as a freshman. Your oh, shirt year. It's Hawkeye vodka in the state of Iowa. Sorry, yeah. And it is. Cheap. cheap, so yeah. cheap, like eight ninety half half time distilled. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be just something brutal. I mean, just headache waiting to happen. So Kirk, was that Kirkland almost? Kirkland, yeah, Kirkland, yeah. The Kirkland brand. Kirkland's way better, I think. Than <laughs> really? Oh, not enough people know that. Hawkeye's brutal. <laughs> so, so that was your experience of vodka before you got into to the fine distilled uh, gray duck. Pretty much. I mean. <laughs> We don't like to talk about other vodka brands. Mm-hmm. Um, no, right. I'm just kidding. It's uh, a <laughs> yeah. I wasn't. I can't say I was like a a, a big vodka drinker. Love Bloody Marys. Um, you like Bloody Marys? Absolutely. You don't? I can't get behind it. I don't know. Like, it's, uh, like sell me on a good Bloody Mary. I'll, I'll give it a run. If I was Inspector Gadget, I'd slap you right now. Mm. <laughs> if you slap me right, if you dude, if you slap me right now, I'd go through that wall. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, so I wasn't like a big vodka guy. Like. Uh, my young drinking days, right? College sure. days and, and, uh, being a pro, like I, I had it, I was into it a little bit, but nothing crazy. Um, and, and the story behind this is, is, uh, basically some are the three partners, uh, with great doctors, me and three other guys that are the main partners. And they're sitting around having a beer some, you know, one day after Kyle Rudolph's touchdown celebration, you know, in 2016, when we beat the bears, you too. Um, and they do, they play duck, duck goose. And Kyle says it that way. Kyle says, in the interview afterwards, like they're talking about the celebration, he mentions Duck Duck Goose, and the next day, like you turn on the TV and like everybody's going nuts because all the Minnesotans like lost their mind. Like, mm-hmm. how could a Minnesota Viking player like have said it so wrong? So wrong, yeah. <laughs> Stabbed the heart. And Kyle like quickly changed his tune about it being Duck Duck Gray Duck because that's Minnesotans. That's who we are. And um, why is that, by the way? Like, what's the whole deal behind Grey Duck versus Goose? Do we all? Does anybody know? <laughs> it, Mark, can you look that? I I, I, ref, look up I refer uh, I refer to the sense of like, it's just what makes us Minnesotans, right? Is like mm. that's a slight difference of like Grey Duck and everybody else is is great is Goose, and we're Grey Duck, 
Mm-hmm. And that's just like the small thing we, we – it just means like we're from the north. We're different. It separates us. It's mm-hmm. who we are as yep. a group. And and so my partners basically took this idea, and they also heard a story about Kyle. And this kind of relates back to what we're doing now is it relates back to – so Kyle's brother had childhood cancer. And that's why Kyle does a lot of foundation work in, in, the, in the Twin Cities. And um, so my partners were like, this is a cool thing to get behind. We should get behind it with Kyle. And then they found out shortly after that they can't have an active player, can't be a part of like a vodka company. Mm. Oh, it's not really? allowed. Can't yeah. market it, can't be behind it, can't own it. It's not like the rap game where you can sling Ciroc. Like yeah, yeah, like on stage. No, like no. this is different. Mm-hmm. NFL is more controlled. Gotcha. So, so yes, they reached out to me. And, and so one of my partners is from Byron, Illinois, and out northwest part of the state. Yep. I played with Sean Considine, who's also from Byron, Illinois. Sean, I played with him in college, mm-hmm. so it's you know just the tale of being you know two separation, two two people separation, and and uh, they connected us, and now all of a sudden you know, we're in this together. And they asked me about being a part of it, and um, at first I have to be honest, I was like, I don't know if I want to lend my name to the brand, but I'd love to own it, and mm-hmm. it just made more sense to be an owner and to be in on it kind of hearkening back to what I talked about, just my personal brand is that people would get behind it if it was mine, if I owned it. And I think that would make me more authentic behind the brand. And yeah. so I jumped in on ownership. Um, I'm a partner in it now. And it's, you know, this nine months has been wild and crazy. And it's been nine super months. fun. Yeah, I've been out nine months. Um, I don't know how many accounts we're in. We're, I mean, got to be around, you know, 1,500 accounts, four states. Um, we're about to We're about to do some other stuff in some other places where we have, we can't announce yet, but we're doing some, you know, talking about more growth. Um, so it's, it's been really fun. I think the best part about it is, is how we've grown. It is completely based off just relationships and it's a tough industry to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tough industry to make a mark in. Um, but if you build it grassroots, build it with relationships, build it with, we're, we're made Minnesota. We're made with Minnesota corn. We're gluten-free um, and keep it local. And then the states we are in now are, are Midwestern and get that part of it. Um, the Grey Duck name resonates because it's Minnesotan. It's who we are. And people can look at that and be like, that's ours. Yeah. You know, why do I drink this brand or brand Y or brand X? It's like, this is our brand. It's just as good. It's better, actually. It's made from our beautiful corn, from our beautiful water in our beautiful state. Mm-hmm. And that's why you should drink it. And uh, and that's people have loved it. So yeah. Amen to that. Do you find yourself uh, getting hyper competitive to the sense of like when you go to like Cowboy Jacks or something like that and you see Grey Goose on the on the board? Never heard of her. Never heard of her. But at the same time, <laughs> you like you, you give the old uh, Inspector Gadget slap it off the, the yeah. side and then you, you, you stick Grey, Grey Duck right on. Yeah, there. you know, mm-hmm. everywhere I go, whether I'm having a Dr. Pepper or I'm having or I'm drinking, I ask for Grey Duck no matter what the situation is yep. and and you'll ask bar owners that a lot like if you if they get asked about something all the time like they eventually get it in yeah um so for us it's just about it's you know it's it's marketing right it's being able to do podcasts like this it's being able to get on and do tv stuff and radio stuff and just get the name out there so people can they walk into a liquor store they walk into a restaurant they see it on the menu like oh i gotta try that or and then when you start people start asking for it that's when you've like started making an impression you know yeah. So we've had, you know, Lord Fletcher's out at, on Lake Minnetonka, he has talked about it earlier. Yep. I mean, they've been huge for us. Chad Nelson out there as a GM, he's been he's been crushing it for us, doing so well. Um, Charlie's on Prior Lake, um, down in down in Prior Lake. That's a huge bar on the lake and restaurant, and, and they have um, a duck and shandy they, where they use gray duck with Lion and Kugel summer shandy. Oh, He yeah. puts um, some lavender syrup in it. It's bomb. Um, so these guys, you know, those are – we have 
you know, a bunch of partners. We're in three Costco's now. We're in every Total Wine. Total Wine's been crushing it for us. Yeah. Um, Costco's been crushing it for us now. So um, there's so many, I can't name them all. There's so many partners that we've come to meet and get to know um, that's grown our brand quicker than we probably thought. I think what's cool too is you have the advantage of, like you said, that it's very similar to our model of dominate the sandbox. Like you're using all the local resources to build a brand within here. And then right. now it's like, 10xing and you know getting much bigger and better right. over what you said nine months yeah like that's so cool that you're now in the midwest like yep. imagine where you're going to be 18 months from now right but i also think what's funny is when i brought up gray duck to people who maybe didn't know your brand they're like oh that's hilarious you guys are doing gray duck not gray goose yeah like so you have the gray duck thing for the people who get it yeah and then for the people who don't get it you you're kind of like the spinoff or making fun of the the biggest brand of vodka that everybody already knows right so we, you guys could use that to your advantage very un- so very unintentional unintentional but it cause, works because that's that's the part that we stay away from is like we aren't trying to be like them mm-hmm. we didn't design this with the idea of like mocking anybody like this is totally authentic and that's like our, our you know when you, people ask me all the time like well aren't you like infringing our name or isn't this idea of, of yeah. that and like reality is like this is a concept that can completely existed before Grey Goose was ever thought about. Mm-hmm. You know, Grey Duck and the relationship to Minnesota is something that goes back to whatever year you just figured out on your phone, right? I mean, this is something that existed here a long time. Just for us to put a name to it on a vodka, like, this becomes so authentic for Minnesotans yeah. to get behind. Like, But you said, you can see it different ways because the people that don't know that, like people from Denver that come in and be like, oh, I get it, right? But they don't really get it. But they it. don't get it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's, that's kind of part of what, what the story is, but it's also our job. To explain to them what it is, yeah, and who we are, but and how why great we're is different. it? How yeah. great is it that you have like the why behind it that reinforces everything that you're doing, right? So it's it's not that your why. It is just the, makes the story legit, right? Exactly. Yeah, like and, and, makes that and much for more us to, and for us to say we're Minnesotan and be made in you know Wisconsin doesn't make any sense. No, but for us to be Minnesotan and to literally go up and buy our corn in Benson, Minnesota, and mm-hmm. have it made in Benson, um, and go meet some of the farmers that are dropping their corn off the producers the actual producers are dropping their corn off at the elevator that we're buying from that makes it authentic yeah. now as like a consumer you go out and buy a bottle and all of a sudden now you see a story on you know on the back pocket about this brand and realize that like i'm buying i'm helping that local farmer i'm helping that local um elevator i'm helping that local you know company that makes it and i'm helping gray duck and i'm from minnesota mm-hmm. so like the whole thing is holistically just here and yeah. i think that part is nice um and then, but you have to market the brand. You got to grow it, and you got to educate. A lot of it's education on why we're different, why it's important. Yeah. So I'd like to educate our listeners on why you chose to spell it with an A. I feel that's very, yeah, that's very, Europe, talk, yeah. it's very mm. European of you. Mm. Uh, I feel it's like opposite hey, good of that. question, dude. Oh, it is. It's, it's opposite is, of that. Is, an e it's funny you said it that oh, way because the E is the European version. Okay. The A is the more American or uh, version we use here. Gotcha. Um, but it's a question that, that gets screwed up the most. Probably because of the brand we talked about earlier. Uh, yeah, that brand guess. that's irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Mm. we'll take a we'll take a point of their market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the idea is it's we spell with an A, and and this was so everything was done before I kind of came into this, right? So they had they had um, the name picked out obviously because and that goes back to just how Minnesotans how they use it, and it's oh anything you look up online with Minnesotan and Gray Duck, it's with an A. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the idea is because it's the American spelling. So we went that route. So, okay. Yeah. That's an education lesson right there. Yeah. We should do another podcast on what, like the difference. Or what you don't know. 
Oh, I could be oh I thought you were going somewhere else with that. Sorry. That's endless. <laughs> I, uh, we could never stop. We could so never you're stop. from Iowa, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No, I just want to... A quick I, Google shirts will show you. Yeah. Ooh. We'll have one of our marketing interns definitely go back and like ding us every single time oh. we've said something wrong. Like I guarantee you like they're going to ding on something I said wrong today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, let me know about that. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll follow up, <laughs> I, which is why we'll have to get you on again. But I was saying, like, maybe we should just do a whole podcast on the origin of why gray spelled with an e is the way it is versus gray spelled with an a. Because what's a snooze fest? Who? What yeah. should do one? <laughs> Deep dive that one. Deep dive. I don't. I don't understand why you would have two different I don't ways to spell it. it. Makes no sense. I agree. I. I, I it's impossible to disagree with, but I do disagree, disagree with the fact that you should do a full podcast on it. Yeah. There we go. Like, I'm, I'm with you. I like, think, about, think yeah. about if you just like, your name was Chad, but there was like an alternate spelling like Chad. There's all sorts of words that are like that, isn't there? If you look in the European, like the European like use of the words, there's got to be a bunch of them. I know there is. All right. Come so we're just going to do this podcast quick. now then. Yeah. <laughs> we could we could hash it out. But that's, you're, you also bring a good point. Your name is Chad. Yeah. And yeah. I am, we asked. Not couple, Chadwick. No. Not Chadwick. Okay. okay. Yeah. There's not no, to be confused. Yeah. I'm glad we went live on this podcast to clarify that. Yeah. I'm sure people <laughs> had a lot of questions about that. But Andrew brings up a great point. Your name's Chad. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've been keeping up with the, the times, but. Chad's and Brad's. Yeah, what's it, what's it like being a Chad? Oh, it's hard sometimes. It, yeah, um, a Chad that lives in Wyzetta. Um, it's oh just like God. everything goes with that. Um, yeah, it's like it's so hilarious though where this has gone. The Chads and Brad's, yeah. and I love it. And and like <laughs> it's even the point where like they'll show a video that's like um, appropriate for an eleven year old, and my daughter will see it and she'll just like crush me for that. Um, but hey. It was 1983, all right? My parents didn't know better at the time. You they know, had, small. Yeah. They thought I was going to be farming in Mount Vernon, South Dakota. They didn't think I'd be out there in the world, mm-hmm. in the big world. And, um, it's and a beautiful think, name in 1983. They didn't think that the Chads and Brads thing would be a thing. And I just wish they went with, like, you know, Todd's instead. Yeah, yeah. Todd. <laughs> so, so do you have do you have a message for any of the Chads out there? Because I mean, you're a brand ambassador. Ambassador. I would for say all this. The Chads out there. We need we need to market ourselves better. Okay. We need to be better. Yeah. You know, don't wear tank tops ever ever and you've never worn a tank top um i can't say that okay but now you're i was younger but, then but you're never gonna wear a tank top again is what you're <laughs> how can i how can you exactly never gonna hit the gym again oh, in a tank top okay okay so what if, you, if you're gonna read i'm never gonna chat. talk about my dad or mom paying something for somebody yep um i'm never gonna big time somebody mm. i'm never gonna act more important than i am mm. What else do Chads and Brads do? I don't know. But Never going to highlight my hair. Oh, okay. Frosted good. No tips. frosted tips. Um, I'm going to work out my legs. Nice. Mm-hmm. So if I do work out, it's got to be legs only. What kind of workouts are you doing nowadays? Just curious. Push-ups, sit-ups. I do still squat, though. You do? Every football player leaves college. You guys probably do the same. Like, I'm never squatting again. Yep. I, you need to squat. Because okay. you know white guys get like that that old man booty where like you lose it. You know what I mean? There was like mm-hmm. a reverse shelf. It's like an inverted like climb. Yeah. And um, you start walking with your pelvis like yeah, pushed out. Yeah. 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 It's like <laughs> scuttling around. <laughs> <laughs> so white guys hit the squat rack. Oh yeah. yeah. You need to. Dude, how much do you squat nowadays? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can just like. It, it never, it, it was never this, these guys that were like super strong like that. I was never that guy. Yeah. I was never like, people would ask me that question all the time. I'm like, like a, NFL linebacker, like, what do you lift? I'm like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't. I'm not a weightlifter. I'm a football player. Um, I just got to be strong enough. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and I was never like this, you know, six hundred pound squat guy, four hundred fifty pound bench guy. It just wasn't that. Yeah, I was never that impressive. Didn't need to sure. be. Didn't need to be. No. But We're, it is liberating to like just kind of throw on one thirty five on the rack and just like do that. I think I want to say right now I have like one fifty five on the rack, nice, and I just dude. like leave it on there just so I can come down and knock it out once a week or so. You know, yeah. I don't even unrack it. It's, it's so there. It's there. Yeah, it's consistent. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> it's just there waiting for you. It's just there. Yeah, my, and my wife's down there grinding every day in our workout room, and I yeah. come down there like once a week, and she just probably rolls her eyes at me every day, like the the weight's just sitting there. Yeah, so your wife does hit, high-intensity hit. She, she trains – um, so she works at the YMCA in Edina. She does a couple classes, body pump actually, which is like a lifting class. And okay. then she does um, she does a version of hit at Tiger Athletics, which is in Plymouth, okay. um, one day a week. Uh, but she she runs, um, so she'll not go knock out you know three to seven miles in the morning yeah. before the kids are up, or she'll get on. We have a stair climber, a step mill, yeah. the one with the actual stairs. Those are grinders. Oh yeah. yeah. So she does. I can survive for about twenty minutes on that at like half. There's like twenty levels. I get to level. I go to level ten and go for twenty minutes and just juiced gassed mm-hmm. she goes level 20 45 minutes just flying up a mountain marching marching to a beat and i looked no. at him just like nope yeah no chance. i don't know that i could even make it for 10 minutes on that yeah no so and then we also have a we got the new peloton thing that's out which is mm, super nice. cool the okay. bike. and then we have a we have a half rack in there too so, so. i i know i already asked this question so do you run with your wife at all now Mm-mm. no so you're not a runner guy. i don't do anything over like a court like a basketball court length. So what's the farthest you've ever ran? Um, 5K. Oh, you did? Congrats. Yeah, I've done a, okay. we host a 5K um, nice. for years on Father's Day. Um, we're transitioning it this year to actually September coming up. But um, So I've ran that a bunch of times. Okay. okay. Not well, but I just have ran it. I finished it. Is that part of your foundation? It is. Yes, it Thanks. is part of our foundation event. So the, you know, back uh, for 12 years, we did it at Lake Nokomis, and we and we raised money for scholarships for Minneapolis Park and Rec kids. Oh, sweet. So, you know, buy equipment, give opportunities, things like that. Um, this is a whole other podcast, foundation stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it's, um, a, it's a funny story. So when we first started this podcast two and a half years ago, we had the idea to have like a beer league softball tournament, and, you know, p- teams would pay money to come in. And our ploy was to get money from the teams mm-hmm. and then hit you up, donate. Me specifically? All, you, specifically. you specifically. This was this was our business model. Was okay. to, so I was still playing probably. You were still uh, playing yeah. at the time. And we were uh, going to have all the money and then donate it to your foundation. Okay. And then in, in return, we'd ask you to come on. Okay. But now you did that without even having to do the tournament. I know. Two years later, look at us. Look at where you've, look at where you've gotten to. Wow. Yeah. So do you want to do Just this? Just to grind. We should do a beer league softball tournament. And then have all the money donated to your foundation. We need to have make it happen. People, that's never a bad idea. Yeah. It's never a bad that's idea. Never a, I mean, anytime all, you have slow pitch softball sorry, and I, beer, it's not a bad idea. Sorry, sorry. We should bag the we, beer. Let's let's let's. Bleep I get out what you beer. were saying. Let's leave out the beer. Let's. We, we should br- bring duck. your own drink. Mm. We prefer gray duck. Yes, but mm. we got what you were saying. With that's the, the most league. Minnesota yeah. thing you just ever <laughs> said. Yeah. Oh yeah, bring your own drink. It's sponsored by Gray Duck. It's for my foundation, but. Yeah, just do, bring what you want. You yeah, know? <laughs> so passive aggressive. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's priceless. So yeah, we got to reincarnate it. I think. I, I think know. there's a chance. There's a chance there. There's How about an opportunity. This? You guys do all the work. I'll show up. Oh, t- amen dude. to that. We love putting oh, in work. Yeah. Don't, t- don't tell us to put in work because that's what we do. Yeah. Oh, my God. For sure. Oh, man. Well, uh, let's f- let's flip the switch and hit uh, back pocket core questions here. Okay. Um, so the first oh, yeah. There's actual questions we have to hit, right? There's actual questions. That. Yep. So the first one no, is. No, not, we don't have to hit. We get to hit them. We yeah. get to, Got it. These are our favorite questions to ask. The first okay. one is an average quality. So this is something you do well at times and other times not so well. 
at the end of the day, Chad, this is your average quality. So what would that be? Oh, my gosh. I even read these and felt I was prepared. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Listening. Okay. Mm. Deep one there. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a TV show on, I'm not listening to anybody. But I can also be a great listener as like a coach, a youth coach. My wife would be all over this one. I would say I'm an average listener. Okay. Do you listen to your 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 um your players as a, as a basketball coach? Yes. Yeah. I'm they... not. A, I'm not an over. I'm not an overwhelming coach. I don't go nuts on on kids. Um. Yes, I, I would say I'm an average listener because there's times when I'm really bad at that. That's a bad answer. I know. I apologize. No, that's, but no, but awesome. I, yeah. I think that you know if we all listen a little more, specifically my 11 year old, be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Do you uh? Are you the dad who like? Get your kids' names mixed up? No, I'm actually crazy good with names. Good for you. Yeah. All right. See, my dad. I mean, I have five kids in my family. Oh yeah. And my dad. Oh, so he's like yells at three of the kids, and then before he yells at you. Correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my wife has that going a little bit. Okay. okay. She'll yell. How, and yeah, then, two of the kids, and all of a sudden she finds the kid she's looking for. <laughs> my follow-up question is: How many times has your wife had to get your attention when you're doing something else? Because it oh. sounds like your listening skill, like you said, a hundred. Times a day, <laughs> literally, so mad at me at all times. Oh my gosh! Well, because it sounds like you're if you're locked into one thing, mm-hmm. like watching The Bachelorette. It, it just depends. Like it just depends. I'm not a Bachelorette okay, guy. I don't even go there. I'm not. I don't think I'm a bad listener. It just depends on the situation. If something else is on, like if there's sports on or a TV show that I'm into, like there's no point in talking to me. Yeah. And then if you actually get my attention, I'll be so pissed that you pulled my attention off of what I wanted to do. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, hey, that happens. There's just being a guy. They're Probably just, just being dudes being dudes, just yeah. Chads and Brads being just hanging. Oh, yeah, we're the same way. We can, we like to believe <laughs> just we're hanging. just hanging. We believe we're great listeners because we could do it on this podcast, but yeah. take us out of this room, and I'm not listening to, to anyone. <laughs> yeah. It's the headphones. It it's, locks you in. Absolutely. Yes, dude. This, you're in an entire world. Yeah. It forces you to listen. Because yes. what used to happen with Andrew and I is we would create a laundry list of questions. 50 questions. Uh-huh. And then we'd send it over to you, and I, we never knew if you guys read it or not, but... I rarely read stuff that come like Jake like presented this beautiful one hit one hitter for me like one page mm-hmm. not one hitter terrible use of the uh, language there not English one majors. pager one page and yeah. I read very little of it mm-hmm. other than the address <laughs> dude hey, that's all that matters based on your needs I did read a few of them but okay well yeah. let's see if you've read this one yeah. but well, your well, average quality like that's just such a that's a hard one yeah I mean, it's well, a humbling question so we yeah. had his dad on. Um, Actually, he's tomorrow. Okay. And he talked about how this question of the average quality, because it really stemmed from Andrew and I, like, when we first started the podcast, we're like, okay, we're, like, we have no idea what we're doing. We're average at everything. Let's just talk about that. Mm-hmm. And then our coach, our defensive coordinator, when we were going through our pre-hit, um, like, going into the week of football, he would go through, like, every single position of the opposing offense. Right. And he would be like, all right, left tackle, right tackle. Wild, the average <laughs> receiver, <laughs> athletic, can't move his hips. Wild, the average. And like he would. So that's where we got like the coaches. Term. Coaches are the best. Yeah, running back. Oh my god. Gross. Gross. <laughs> Gross. He would say. He would say poor. He doesn't say poor. poor. He would say poor. Poor. Yeah. Poor. poor effort from our left guard here on a pull. Absolutely just, just disgusting. <laughs> this is a great podcast for you on your way home today. Yeah, we'll send you that number one. forty. It's. Our, our defensive coordinator. Our defensive coordinator. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it really just – like what it's really grown into is like this this idea of – Everybody's 
pretty average. Everybody's pretty things. average. Exactly. You said it perfectly yeah. where you're yeah. like, we're just a couple average guys in the NFL. Like, we're just trying to make the most of what we got. We yeah. all have our struggles. But, like, as long as you're self-aware enough to, like, identify that you're bad at listening. Self-awareness, man. Dude. You, you How can... many people do you know lack that? Many. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's I mean, crazy. I don't care if you're an NFL player or just an average person walking around, like, thinking they're better than everybody. It's like, just, like, look around. You're not that sweet. Yeah. Open your eyes a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Breathe the fresh air. Yeah. Good appreciate gracious. what you got. Yeah. But uh, you mentioned this already. The headphones yep. help us listen. It's in our back pocket for that, the art of listening. Yep. And I want to ask you, when these situations, you might have already answered this question, but when these situations have arised, when pressure has become stress and anxiety is rising, yeah. what have you held in your back pocket to overcome this? I would say... I would say uh, my best personality trait when it comes to stuff like that would be just enthusiasm, mm-hmm. like being fired up to be there, right? So whether you have something hard going on or a big game or something, just to be like in the moment and enjoy it and always be the guy that's just like, you know, that could be, it could be a hard off-season workout, but I'm going to show up ready to, just ready to roll, ready to pop, like bring the energy, just a natural energy guy. And mm-hmm. I think that, that goes a long ways. Um, but that can backfire on you too when you're like so hyped for a big game. Um, so use that in good ways to like motivate teammates, bring the best out of other people. Um, so I'll just say the general enthusiasm, always having a good attitude, just trying to wake up and put my best foot forward. Perfect. I love that. Yes. I love that. I, I can relate to that a ton. I, I like to be the, the energy guy myself. Yeah. And it's funny because, um, I mean, it's all internal, but you really recognize that when you're bringing the energy, when, you can come into a room of five people and make everybody else's day. Yeah, and, and and one thing to think about like with that stuff, and I tell this to kids all the time, is like there's few things in your life that you get to decide every day that nobody else gets to decide for you, right? A lot of times like people decide, well, I'm going to treat this guy like shit, so he's going to have a terrible day. Or I got financial issues, I got whatever. But like if I can decide that I'm going to have a great attitude and be enthusiastic about whatever it is that day, like I get to pick I get to pick how I'm going to feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And easier for some than others, but like the reality is, like, and Coach Childress, who drafted me um, back in 2006, he would say, like, before you put that first toe on the ground in the morning, like, decide what kind of day you're going to have, mm-hmm. and like, take that 30 seconds to think about it and look at your day, plan it out, and when you put the, put the foot on the ground, let's go. And he used that mentality for training camp, right? Because literally, we had beds on the floor in Gage Hall in Minnesota State, Mankato, brutal setup, mm-hmm. and. You're so sore, hard tile floor. Everything was miserable, and he's like, just before that little bit, a big toe hits the floor. Like, decide what you what you're gonna be today, and like, it kind of resonates just in life, right? Of of what you're gonna do. Absolutely. I, I heard a quote the other day from Gary Vaynerchuk saying, "If you're looking for good, piece of cake. If you're looking for bad, piece of cake. All I'm asking is, what the fuck are you looking for? Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just like you can find the if it's it's a miserable situation sleeping yeah. in that bed, but you yeah. can actually like find the good in that if you try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty cool, and that's challenged us to definitely like people look at us and like, oh, you're just your average podcaster. Yeah. Yeah. Like being knuckleheads. Yeah, we yeah. are knuckleheads, and we are average, but we love what we're doing. We yeah. have fun, and we get to talk to people like you, and that's fulfilling. And you're gonna grind. And right? we're gonna grind. Yeah. Exactly. Keep going. And with that, we're gonna continue to challenge ourselves. And we want you to help us challenge okay. ourselves. Okay. Is there someone out there that you want to see on the back pocket? It could be in your close circle. It could be a reach person that you've never even <laughs> thought we could get. But we want you to challenge us. I have one in mind, um, but you won't know who he is because he's a former Viking as well. You guys don't know that, so <laughs> and that's totally um, cool. I'd love to know. I'd love to get to know him. I okay. Um, Paul Lambert, mm. meat sauce, nice. K fan, yes. yes. 
You familiar? Yes. Heard of him. Great dude. Hilarious. Um, he'd be fun to get on here. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Perfect. Sweet. I kind of want to get your wife on too. She sounds like a badass. You should get her on. Yeah. She's a badass. Sweet. Yeah. She sounds like. I want to take her class too. After you told me I couldn't, I couldn't participate. Um. I want to get now. So she's it. taking the summer off. Ah. But. She will be back to the grind like, uh, yeah, when the kids are back to school in September. You you should hit me up. I would love to watch. We should. This needs to be there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We could we do could, that. Like, could we do a live podcast at the actual? We, you know, we take footage and then podcast off of it. Yes. Here's what you right guys after. should. Yeah. Here's yeah, what you guys should do is <laughs> you two host the podcast watching me and your wife work out together. Yeah. See how well I do. Yeah. Just chirp yeah. them. Yeah, just chirp them. Or not, and it's not even chirp Crush city. Yeah, yeah. crush okay. city. <laughs> just a bunch of meat sticks out here. It's really all meat it comes wagons. down. Yeah, meat wagons. That is a great term. Great term. Yeah. I freaking love that. Um, but, Chad, you know, we have been hammering you with questions all day. And I'll say, yeah. like, we, we've asked good questions today. Uh, regardless Debatable. of my research Debatable. of you, I think I've asked good follow-up questions yeah, on okay. what your story has been. Yep, yep. Um, so I'm going to give myself that gratitude. But um, <laughs> any questions for us? Do you have any questions for us? Yeah, so I think in this podcast world is blowing up, right? How can you be different? Mm. I think the, 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 the best thing that we have going for us is our ability to care about that person's story that's sitting across from us mm-hmm. and just the, the, the fact that you brought up the enthusiasm sits well with me more than anything because that is our job as we are hype men declan and yeah. i are hype men when someone comes into the studio we have the opportunity to bring light and appreciation to what they're doing and make it seem like it's the best thing in the world right and we have awesome guests such as yourself on and we also have people that are in their mid-20s, just starting something, um, quit their job and going to take something full-time, flipping baseball cards, selling insurance, doing all these different wide variety of things, but they care about it, they love it, it's their passion, and we have the ability to just sit here and talk to them and just focus 100% on their story. And uh, at the end of the day, those people walk out and they're like, fuck yeah, I love what I'm doing and I'm yeah. going to continue to do what I'm doing. Yeah, so kind of hype them up. Yeah, yes. love that. So I saw your metrics out there. It's like, what's the goal? What's the next thing you need to hit that would, whether financially, numbers, yeah. guests you want to get in here, like what's that next thing that's the most important? And maybe you have separate different answers. Well, I would say you you brought up financials. $5,000 in revenue by January 2020 is our goal. Okay. That would enable us to take back pocket full-time and go global okay um that's step international one. international yeah yeah uh we've been told on Mr. the podcast Worldwide. Mm-hmm. yeah we've been told if we got kirk cousins on the podcast that, that would take us international okay people have told us that i don't know but kirk like, cousins really i don't know that's our coach we- our so the podcast will send you he was like we asked him the challenge and he goes all right you if if you get kirk cousins i think back pocket goes global and we're like Kirk Cousins (laughs) the guy who run like is an average guy he's the most Chad Brad of all time yes dude Kirk 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 and Todd we should start this to get rid of the Chads and Brad let's get rid of the Chads and Todd oh Kirk's and Todd's yes all right I love where you're taking this but I I mean yeah sure financial financials is one thing but I think Jorge As, Polanco. What if you went like twins route? Now you're talking yeah. international. Now yes. we're talking we actually go. international. Thank Actual you. international. Chad, yes. thank you for thinking glo- like geographically. Yeah. That was smart. Mr. Yeah. Worldwide. You got the stuff. map behind you and I think it just absorbed. Yeah, right. I you know think that, it just yeah. went right into your brain. Well, you know, it's a it's a gray duck play. You know, we're part of the Twin City Summer Jam that's coming up uh, mm. next week. Yeah. And um, by the way, with the gray duck experience. So if, you, if you're listening, you want to go to the gray duck experience, it's twincitysummerjam.com. 
backslash twin uh great deck experience since we're selling tickets vip opportunity mr worldwide is going to be their saturday night pitbull so that would be a tough one to get but if you got pitbull Dude, that's dude. Just, that's a crush city. Yeah, crush city. Yeah, yes. yeah. That's dude. If a that's couple of meat wagons, if, if yeah. a couple of meat wagons are talking to Pitbull Mr. Worldwide, are you I think, joking? Are you, you think he wouldn't have fun up here? Oh, oh, last dark oh, sunglasses. Give me a break. <laughs> oh, sunglasses. Yeah, we would wear. Yeah, we'd wear a Skylands backs, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really liked that that question in terms of like because we're really starting to like try and set goals and then yeah. kind of reverse engineer um, backwards. But we we're sitting up in the stu- in our war room over here. Yeah, and. We were going through kind of like our campaigns idea ideas, and it really came down to like the four things that we were really good at. But we looked at those four things, like yeah, we're comedic guys. Yeah, we talk to people about making money, and yeah, we. But at the end of the day, we're like, we just bring people on, yeah, who are doing or want to do what they love. Yep. And that's why the and like that's why the product is as good as it is sometimes. Yep. Is because. People want to talk about what they love to do. Right. It's we're easy. Not, easy we're not conversation picking a topic. To we're not yeah. picking a topic saying Vikings football, go at it. And you have to like scramble to find everything you know about Vikings football. 100%. And Iowa. We're just like, hey, Chad, what's who your story? Are, who, who are you? Who what's are you? Story? What's your yeah. story? Yeah. And what do you love to do? 100%. It's that simple. And yep. like what that has turned into has been so do you think so that fun. you guys are going to help us sell some gray duck or what yeah, absolutely. yeah i mean i'm not going to guarantee mission. sales i'm not we're again you're looking at guys aren't numbers guys but i just inhaled an entire uh <laughs> screwdriver with some gray duck phenomenal well i mean it's almost nine right or it's nine thirty. what yeah what time is it i'll just be yeah. honest yeah. no no it's not also we look up it's noon yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> That's too funny. The Grey Duck's gone. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh-huh. well, with with Grey Duck, and maybe uh, this is an example, but someone to, for us to take this where we wanted to, we need someone to to buy into what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and just al- and and align with us and yep. be ready to be like, believe in us, continue to do what you're doing, yeah. and take it to the moon because that's all we want to do. Yeah. But we can't with uh, with what we make and all that stuff. We we just need people. We need people with money. Yep. To buy into what we're doing. Well, so, I love I love yeah. I do love the fact that down at the sandbox, right, is like to just own this area yeah. right so like you continue to get people that are influential here and just crush it with that and continue to get stories i love that you're not just like it's not just sports right it's not just um certain industries it's kind of who's interesting yes yeah. and yes. maybe people that you don't think are interesting but it's just like an average person is doing like you said uh, somebody that quit their job and is doing something else but you're just you're hitting a wide variety giving all your followers um something different yes mm-hmm. that they can listen to like oh never seen it from a 25 year old perspective on like what's it like to be a millennial in this time and what they're going through mm-hmm. um because everybody you know thinks that millennials are all crazy you guys are all millennials probably right we're gen z actually are you yeah, yeah. well yeah. with 96 Am the start I, of gen z. Uh, uh, I think it's like 96 90 97 to yeah. 13 uh, yeah we, I was, <laughs> when were you born 96 it's gross. he's 95 that's <laughs> gross <laughs> you're so what uh how about zion was like born like 2000 yeah yeah that's ridiculous. That yeah, is, that is nuts. Me. It is nuts. But I think to your point and why I don't even maybe Grey Duck is a is a good potential opportunity is we're all a lot of our listeners are in this stage of life where um, we're in the stage of just kind of finding our genre. Yeah. So what angle are you going to take? What angle are you going to take? What's the, what's the road you're going to take? And no how, question. And yeah. how do you do that? Right. It's tasting it's trying to figure out what you want to do it's, yeah. it's throwing yourself in like, all while paying the bills while paying the bills yeah. like I, I work mm-hmm. engineering and i'm running what i would recommend guys is just going the nfl yeah. oh, that's dude. that's um 
I would consider that if I were you because yeah, the money gets good early. It gets so. good early, and it's, it's easy to break into, I hear. Yeah. Yeah. Signing bonus, I've, I've seen signing bonuses before. <laughs> the cut's sick. I remember I got my first check. I was like, what? Yeah. What is this? This is wrong. <laughs> There's two zeros on here that don't belong. Yeah. Straight to the bank. So scared. Yeah. Um, no, but that, that time of anybody's life, and even for for us, it was a little more established, right? You get drafted, you're going, like, you're, it's, you're declared, like, you're going. Yeah. It's more about having success there, but getting out of college, like, not having, like, a general direction, but it sounds like you guys have good direction, you guys have good jobs, and moving that direction, but is it really what you want to do? Because now you have this job, like, you're an engineer, mm-hmm. right? Digital marketing? Yes. And you have these jobs that you probably have planned for through college and paid for college, or now you're in them. What if you don't like them? What if you don't love them, right? And now you're doing this podcasting on the side where it's like, like this a lot more, freedom of schedule, right? It can do things that are fun, can drink Grey Duck at 9 a.m. Um, like, do I really want to go grind out and be an engineer, right? Money's good, great job, all that stuff's sweet. Yeah. But if I could get this going, how much better is that for your lifestyle, for your potential family life, whatever that is down the road, yeah. than having like a full nine to five with stress and pressure and all this other stuff? Yeah. And I think that's that age when you're like, you don't know. But you guys are in a great spot. I mean, because you have legitimate jobs where you make money, plus you have this thing going. So, like, kudos to you for, like, having your heads on straight yeah. or having your shit together. But, uh, allegedly. But again, uh, but again, allegedly. Yeah, yeah. But, but again, listen, it's Nobody shared. really has their shit together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Nobody has their shit together, no, but it's no. shared. Like, you, yeah. you're you saying we have our heads on straight. We've, I mean, for the most part, we've found something that we love. Yep. And we're trying to share that with the world. We're trying to get on more people who yeah. have found what they love and hearing their process of how they found what they love because – Again, like I said, we're all trying to find, we're all tasting, we're all throwing ourselves at different opportunities yeah. and things that come our way and trying to evaluate whether we like that or not. Yeah. How do you know when that is? And so, Well, I think you, what you evaluate is if you try Grey Duck and you like it, then you keep drinking it. That's what all I could say, really. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're that. But that's a great metaphor for life, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like yep. you, you keep Try it. Oh, you like back. it? I'm going to keep doing it. I'm gonna keep yeah, doing it. We're going to continue to roll. We're going to continue to buy it. Thank you so much for yeah. coming on with Gray Duck. Heck yeah, man. Um, we're going to finish with one last question. Okay. It's what did you learn today? So it's early right now. Um, and what time did you wake up this morning? Uh, 6.15. Okay. We so were we woke o'clock. up at 6 o'clock. Okay. We beat yeah. you. Got the little edge. We yeah. got the edge on you. So I'm retired, guys. All right. I'm retired. Oh, sure. Dude, sick brag. What are you, 36 and retired? Yeah, well, I've been retired for a couple of years. So 34 is when I actually retired. Wow. So yeah. What's it like to like <laughs> legit announce your retirement at 34? Uh, It was... It was weird. It was weird. I mean, yeah. I had guys like, you know, like neighbors, like they uh, retired like 65. And they're like, I'm like, what took you so long? <laughs> <laughs> like, do something with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, Figure it out. Accomplish something. No. Yeah. Um, it was it was weird. But it, like, and this is a legitimate issue, like with the NFL guys or anybody that plays like a sport like this. Like, great. You make a good amount of money, like in your 20s and you retire at 30, 34. In my case, it's like you have to live like your whole life now mm-hmm. like you have like yeah. hopefully a long time to live where like financially you have to make those means ela- you know last first of all but also like you have the span of life like you need to find something that keeps you motivated and interested and I think that's where the gray duck I mean not that it's like a vodka but it's just a business like I was never a business men- didn't have a business mentality mm-hmm. wasn't in business school didn't know a lot about it so now we're going to these meetings like and I'm sitting in these meetings and learning so much stuff now that I didn't know about before whether it be about that industry or just business in general or how companies make decisions or whatever that is. And that's the part that's been most interesting to me is that um, I'm still learning. And I think that's what you guys have just brought up. It's like you're still learning about something you didn't know at now at 36. 
something completely different and it's a new challenge. Mm. Um, you know, so we're we're much like back pocket. You know, actually we're behind you guys. We're only nine months old, ten months old, and it's the mentality of like we got to go create this thing out of nothing. Yes, and that's motivating to like get out there, even for a retired guy that you know I've accomplished a few things. It's like I don't, I have a new thing to go push, and like if this fails, like that's gonna hurt because you put a lot of time in, a lot of energy in, you know, money in. Um, so you're motivated to do it for that. Do it the right way. Yeah, and then and then do it the right way where people are buying the product and like this is great for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. And I mean it's not about yes, it's about making money, it's a business, but at the end of the day like you want to have a product that you're proud of and happy to to support. But then also now it's a it's a it's more of a challenge. Yeah. Can we get this legit like to a legit business? Yeah. Yeah, that's freaking sweet. So. And that could be what you learned. Is that uh, we were going to ask what did you learn is that yeah. does, does that answer Like the what I learned today or here? Mm. I learned to not drive. The first thing I learned was not to drive to uptown at uh, eight. Yep, yeah. that was Hactic. the start. Hactic. So, so again, when we record, second again. thing I hope is that my second hard lesson isn't that I should always lock my car in uptown. That's the hard lesson I hope I don't learn when I go outside. Ooh, sure, sure. Um, you'll have to see my insurance agent on that one. No, well, you can see our guy. You can see. <laughs> our oh yeah, good point. Yeah, hey, I, th- I think I saw him go to work. I think he's out of here. No, okay. no, no. I, well, he had a meeting with you know another client, so he'll be back. Know, he's he's hustling and bustling today. It's well, like, I think it's I think Thursday. the one thing that you guys. You know, not that I learned, but I helped just reinforce is that, um, and I think this is maybe more even for my kids, is that kids in your age, you're still kids, young adults, um, are so motivated to find their own path. And I look at you guys, be like, what a success story for all the things you're doing, accomplishing, but also doing this. Like, that's cool. So, um, learned a lot about back pocket, a lot about you guys individually. Um, but also just what motivates you in the grind. And I think for me, like, you know, I'm on the other end of that a little bit, but we're not, you know, I'm what, how old are you guys? 22, 23? 23. 23. Yeah. So, t- you know, 13 years difference. Um, the mentality is really similar to what mine is. Yeah. And so kudos to you guys. Congrats on this thing. And, and hopefully it takes off. Appreciate that, Chad. Thank you so much. You bet, man. Thanks guys.